0: You won't use this message because you're a cowardly, spineless piece of shit. You're a lying, lip tarted bastard, Jesse Dollarmore, you fat, fucking garbage piece
1: of shit.
2: The following broadcast may contain free thinking and open-minded discussion, ideas, skepticism, and adult subject matter. Topics will be discussed using adult language, sometimes gratuitously. Get ready to move the conversation forward. This ain't your granddad's news and comment show. This is I Doubt It with Dolomore. All right. Welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Episode 312 of I Doubt It with Dolomore. I am your host, yes, Jesse Dolomore. And sitting right across from me, that lady you love and know quite well, Brittany Page.
3: I thought you were going to say the nasty and aggressive lady.
2: All right. So now, not only do I have to hear (laughs) about your Facebook fracases, frac Mm eye, what would it be? Uh, Now the audience has to endure that as well.
3: Yes. (laughs) That is exactly what I'm saying.
2: I was going to introduce you as the lovely, the talented, the acclaimed
3: Mm. author, Mm.
2: because the the skeptic magazine article that you published that you authored
3: mm-hmm.
2: co-authored yes, I would be remiss to not say uh, is available. It is for the reading and pleasure of everyone involved.
3: Yeah, so it's on skeptic.com at the reading room. It's um... it
2: will be in the print edition though. it's not like you're writing for medium.com or one of those blogs.
3: Are you being shitty about No, blogs? I'm
2: just there's a lot of there's a lot of like I've been asked to write for I won't name any names but uh-huh. <laughs> certain outfits and one you don't get paid very much and two you're you're using your notoriety mm-hmm. to be a vehicle for their I don't know I guess that's probably the arrangement everywhere but Yeah. I've said no a few times, Mm -hmm. but this is a legit... Like, you are a published writer now in a glossy, fancy magazine.
3: Yeah, so... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the issue comes out this month and it will be in stores. You can get it at like Barnes and Noble, right?
2: They so still have those.
3: Yeah. And it's not the one with Bill Nye on the cover. If you go to the bookstore and try to get it and Bill Nye is on the cover, it's that got, is the old edition.
2: It's got like a a, a very futuristic looking, like the, the face, the mask on uh, iRobot or Ex Machina. Mm-hmm. It's got that kind of... Uh, am I describing that correctly?
3: Yeah, because it's an ar- uh, artificial itel- intelligence issue. Yeah. So, the if you want to read it online, though, it's at skeptic.com. I tweeted it. The show tweeted it. It's online. <laughs> uh, it's entitled, The Three Shades of Atheism, How Atheists Differ in Their Views on God. And, you know, people look at atheists and think that they are a relatively homogeneous group and they apparently are not. Yeah. So that's kind of what the article is about. A lot of people group atheists together and uh on average believe that they are probably more dogmatic in their views and we take that on a little bit in the article.
4: Yeah.
2: Really good.
3: Yeah.
2: In just in time for your birthday. It's kind of an early birthday present.
3: It is. For you yeah. and
2: me since our birthdays is- I got to lump myself in there.
3: Yeah. Well, our birthdays are six days apart. Yeah. Yeah.
2: 21st and the 27th.
3: Yep. Lightest day of the year. Yours. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Mine not.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Well, that goes without saying.
2: Yeah. My my, my birthday should be a dark day. It should (laughs) be the winter solstice.
3: No. Yeah. No.
2: (laughs) So we're looking forward to that too. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, go out there and uh, check out the article. We'd love to hear what you guys think. Let me drop the phone number right away. Yes, six five seven four six four seventy six zero nine. Of course, you can always email a voice memo from your smartphone to I doubt it at dot com. Speaking of robotic and artificial intelligence, that was
3: yeah. Well, that's, while, that's
2: my take on it,
3: while we're doing that, I want to also plug the Instagram because. <laughs>
2: It's Our sad little Instagram we've never mentioned.
3: Well, yeah, it's really... It's new. I think we created it a couple months ago, and we really don't post there that much. I'm trying to post more.
2: Right. We also have never talked about it, so everybody who's gotten there... Yeah. ...somehow found it.
3: Yeah, but I mentioned it the other day, or yesterday, and... <laughs> it just looks sad. So if you wanna go follow it, we post No, not don't put it like that. Okay, go follow you, it right yeah, now. No, you say it like this. Do it.
2: Look, everybody. <laughs> you wanna have a real good time? <laughs> go check out the I Dot with Dollar More Instagram.
3: Okay. I no? didn't want to lie to everybody. <laughs> About having a good time. It, listen,
2: if you are feeling down in the dumps and your life is not really giving you, mm. you're not living it to the fullest potential. Yeah, there's only one way to accomplish <laughs> supreme life satisfaction, and that is to follow. I doubt it with Dollamore on Instagram.
3: Yeah, the handle is I doubt it podcast.
2: <laughs> so, and then we're gonna have you walk across a bed of coals like Tony Robbins. It's gonna be a real good time.
3: Oh, God. And you're going to be
2: all the way fulfilled. Yep. To the brim.
3: It's an impressive Instagram. Yes. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> all right. Well, let's move on with the slog that is episode 312. It's a little negative.
3: It's really negative.
2: Let's start with a couple of voicemails. First from Chase in Virginia.
5: Hey, guys. It's Chase from Virginia. I just want to let you know that Corey Stewart was beaten by 1% in the primaries. 1%. He was a racist fucktard. He wanted to keep the monuments and fight for space. He said and to one of his congress, one of his rallies, he said, I'm basically the Trump mini-me. <laughs> so, I am really happy that he lost by 1%. Even though you have a close margin, that's kind of scary, it's just good that he lost to a kind of a corporatist of which he called Eddie Gillespie. Sure, my person didn't win, but I'm happy that Eddie Gillespie pulled out a victory over a known racist who wanted to be a Trump mini me. And he went with the tagline Make Virginia Great Again. <laughs> Oh, I am just happy. I hope you guys have a great day. And Chessie is the best part. Wow. Hmm. I
2: am indeed not the best part. (laughs) Let me, uh, there's something to talk about here, though, with this Corey Stewart guy. Yeah. And there's two ways to look at it it is that he did, you know, he was this upstart kind of candidate, not like nobody knew who he was, but he really towed that kind of alt right line. He did call Ed Gillespie, who used to be the chairman of the Republican National Committee, a (laughs) cockservative, which apparently is is something that that is supposed to be. I get called that kind of shit on YouTube all the time. Yeah, that's troll speak. Yeah, for sure. Troll speak. And that he's he's co-opting the Trump mantra. Make Virginia great again. Mm -hmm. And that he's a Trump mini. These are all real things he said on the campaign trail so he lost narrowly was defeated by Ed Gillespie for the governorship in, in Virginia which is it's likely to go down that way i mean i don't know who the who the democratic candidate is but uh they have off year elections in virginia they run it kind of goofy so uh, that's good news i mean I, I wouldn't i would rather see someone other than ed Gillespie there but better him than a trump mini me so <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Uh, there was something we were going to talk about on the show today, and that's the Megyn Kelly-Alex Jones kerfuffle. Yes. Kerfuffle. damn. And uh, <laughs> anyway, we received a voicemail about it, so we're going to get to
6: it anyway. Hi, Jesse and Brittany. My name is Bradley Knight, and I have a really unpopular opinion about the Alex Jones interview coming up on NBC. I was surprised when I got on Twitter and found out that everyone was kind of launching this campaign to have it not aired. Um, I was excited about the interview, but I guess I do understand if she's going to play softball with Alex Jones like she did with Vladimir Putin, that's no good. But I don't expect she will. Vladimir Putin is like an actual world leader, and she was in uh, St. Petersburg, so... I think this is a little different, and uh, I don't like Megan Kelly, but I fucking hate Alex Jones, and I was excited about the prospect of watching him get verbally destroyed on national television. Um, I was excited about the interview, and I hope they don't take it off, and maybe I'm wrong. Uh, what's your guys' take?
3: So I don't think he's going to get verbally destroyed, so lower your expectations. Yes. <laughs> um, this is the problem here. So... Megyn Kelly is not the first journalist to interview Alex Jones. Even this year, she's not the first. That's right. Michael Moynihan with Vice News. I'm a huge fan of Michael Moynihan. I love his work. He interviewed Alex Jones. I don't know if I'd call it softball, um, but he certainly... Uh, I would call it that. He certainly didn't take Alex Jones seriously and was laughing off a lot of the things that he was saying and right. I don't know if that's an appropriate response I mean it's so ridiculous that a response of laughter is not um unusual right. laughing
2: but isn't challenging
3: exactly his
2: views and it's certainly not taking him to task and I believe Megan Kelly does that so it, it, at least in what we've se- should I play the preview
3: yeah let's let's play the preview it's not very long this is the only um thing that has been released in terms of being able to see what's going to go down well, that, in Well, that's interview. kind of
2: the other part of what makes all the, the, the fervor so ridiculous is nobody's even seen what the fuck they're going to do yeah. to know whether to be pissed off or not yet. Yes.
1: Because authoritarianism knows humanity's awakening and it's moving against humanity on a planetary scale. The great global battle for the future of our species is being fought right now.
3: They call you the most paranoid man in America. Is that true?
1: Absolutely not. A paranoid person will be hiding out in their house, not venturing out in public. I go out there on the street and battle Black Lives Matter, the communists, point-blank range. We talked controversies and conspiracies. 9-11. Now, 9-11 was an inside job. But when I say inside job, it means criminal elements in our government, working with Saudi Arabia and others, wanted to frame Iraq for it. Just a fact. Sandy Hook. Well, Sandy Hook's complex because I've had debates where we've devil's advocates said the whole story's true. And then I've had debates where I've said... Uh, that n- none of it's true.
3: When you say parents faked their children's death, people get very angry. Yeah, well,
1: let's, oh, I know, but they don't get angry about the half million dead Iraqis from the sanctions, or they don't get angry about all the illegal. That's a dodge. No, no, it's not a dodge. The media never covers all the evil wars it's promoted, all the that big That doesn't things.
3: excuse what you did and said I, about Newtown. Uh, uh, you oh, know but it. I,
1: here, here's the difference. I looked at all the angles of Newtown and I made my statements long before the media even picked up on it. We didn't get any of the really important stuff. What do you mean? We talked about all the important stuff. <laughs> well, here's the big one they always make fun of me. You probably want to throw this in there. 30 years ago, they began creating animal-human hybrids. Isn't that the big story Megan Kelly should be doing?
2: Alex Jones is a coward. <laughs> I, I mean, he is. He, he is just a, a fucking coward. Okay,
3: so listen... Alex Jones is upset now and doesn't want the interview aired. He says that he was misled, hmm. that he was told that Sandy Hook, 9-11, those issues would not be discussed.
2: That's his claim to fucking fame. Right. Yeah. What?
3: Yeah. So he doesn't want it to air. He's pissed off. Then everyone else is pissed off. They don't want it to air. And I'm kind of confused by this movement because, again... She's not the first one to interview him. Right. And
2: he's had the pr- the now president of the United States on his goddamn show, InfoWars.
3: And that's the most important part of this. And Megan Kelly has released a statement and she emphasizes this point. Listen. This guy is close to the president. He has a White House press credential, right? This is someone he, that the president values. He's on the same
2: same same uh, stratosphere as the Washington Post, CNN, the New York Times. He has White House press credentials,
3: right? I read this beautiful article by Olivia Newsy, is another person that I love, and she said, you know who who's responsible for Alex Jones being Alex Jones how big he he is is it Donald Trump who appeared on InfoWars and praised his work and and his character and said that he's a fantastic at what he does and
2: said Donald Trump said I hope I'll make you proud yeah. Alex Jones
3: yeah is it is it that or is it Alex Jones's audience which is huge listen Brittany
2: and I went to a Trump rally. But
3: there's a third option.
2: Oh, what's the third option?
3: Or is it the media that covers Alex Jones? Is that what is responsible for his rise?
2: Yeah. Well, it's obviously
3: not the media.
2: Yes, Single-handedly, Megyn Kelly is making him a household name. He's already someone who has influence in our society and shining a light on the fact that he does have influence and believes wacky-ass crazy shit is important.
3: As though people are going to watch him on Megyn Kelly's show and hear this theory about Sandy hook and then go, huh? I haven't heard that before. Oh,
2: Oh, animal human hybrid. You say,
3: I think I'm going <laughs> to have to look into this. <laughs> this seems pretty reasonable,
2: right? Uh, uh, there is God damn there. There is a problem right now that's happening about giving people or not giving people platforms and it's, I know I was, I was very aggressive about the, the Richard Spencer thing. And I still don't shed any tears that he got punched in the face. But if, if he's going to speak, who fucking cares? Challenge his ideas with your ideas. Alex Jones, what is the harm of interviewing him and shining the bright light of truth and reason on him? Because if someone is on the fence about whether there are human-animal hybrids walking around, (laughs) they weren't really on the fence to begin with. If you're teetering on the edge of, ah, I don't know what to believe about the human-animal hybrid issue, you're a lost cause anyway.
3: Well, and also, people keep saying she's giving him a platform
2: he has a fucking platform. He
3: does have a platform, and go look at the number of likes on his videos. It's terrifying.
2: Well, it's what I was gonna say.
3: It's terrifying.
2: Brittany and I last year went to a Donald Trump rally. Yeah. Here, in Southern California.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: And I was shocked at how many people we talked to. We say, "Hey, what brought you out today?" Yeah. And they say, "Oh, I saw Donald Trump on Alex Jones."
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Jesus, this is uh. Th- that's really was my first. Kind of shocking moment that there's a lot of nutters who are following Donald Trump and following Donald Trump because he had the loose or pseudo endorsement of Alex Jones.
3: Right. And again, this is someone who has a White House press credential. So this interview is too controversial for J.P. Morgan to run ads, but it's not it's not too controversial. Alex Jones is not too controversial for the president of the United States to praise. Yeah. To make appearances on his show and to give him equal standing with other press out. I mean, it's, it is so ridiculous. I, I, I hope that, During the interview, Megyn Kelly really drives that point home about this connection to Donald Trump. Yeah, me too. Because it needs to be clear that this person who's talking about animal-human hybrids is someone that Donald Trump has praised.
2: I don't.
3: Happy birthday, Donald Trump. Yeah. (laughs) Goddamn. Good times.
2: Ugh. All right. Well, listen, before we move on, we're not going to make this a feature of the show today, but there was a shooting in Washington, D.C., I'm sure you've heard. Uh, Two congressmen were shot. One is in critical condition, both uh, Steve Scalise and Roger Williams, who are two congressmen, and then a staffer, a lobbyist, and a Capitol Police officer, Zach Barth, Matt Mika, and David Bailey, respectively. Um, oh, and Crystal uh, Griner mm-hmm. was also, also another p- Capitol Police officer who was shot um, by a man, some asshole,
7: mm-hmm.
2: who apparently did have a political axe to grind. His axe was of the liberal variety. He's being painted as a Bernie Sanders supporter, which he was early on, apparently, but switched his allegiances and support to Jill Stein right. later in the race. Yeah. So, Donald Trump came out and gave about a four minute speech, a little statement on it, because apparently he is the arbiter of truth and the the conduit through which we get information about this, even that's really not his role. I would expect the Speaker of the House maybe to do that, but not the President of the United States um anyway, there's a part of it that i i just I guess my the whole my whole take on it is. Who the fuck does Donald Trump think he is? Does he think we've forgotten about the last year and a half or two years and his behavior? Here's the last portion of his statement.
0: Everyone on that field is a public servant. Our courageous police, our congressional aides who work so tirelessly behind the scenes with enormous devotion and our dedicated members of Congress who represent our people. We may have our differences, but we do well in times like these to remember that everyone who serves in our nation's capital is here because, above all, they love our country. We can all agree that we are blessed to be Americans, that our children deserve to grow up in a nation of safety and peace, and that we are strongest when we are unified and when we work together for the common good. Please take a moment today to cherish those you love and always remember those who serve and keep us safe. God bless them all. God bless you. And God bless America.
2: Thank you. Let that sink in. We are stronger. First of all, everyone who works here in Washington, they do it because they want to serve and because they love their country. Does that include head clown Schumer and all the names, loser and everything else you've called Nancy Pelosi and the Democratic leadership? Does it mean them too? Donald Trump? Am I, am I askew here? That we're stronger when we're unified, working together for the common good. Are you fucking kidding me? That you can stand on Fifth Avenue and shoot someone and you wouldn't lose a supporter. That you threaten that maybe one of those Second Amendment people will take care of Hillary Clinton so she won't have an opportunity to make a pick on the Supreme Court because she wants to abolish, quote-unquote, the Second Amendment. Ah, I'd like to punch him in the face. All of your calls for violent action. Saying that you'll pay the legal bills of people who assault other Americans who disagree with them at your rallies. And then you want to stand in the White House and make a statement about unification and working together toward the common good. Well, I don't buy it.
3: Yeah, I think this has always been the the problem for Donald Trump. How does he come back from the things that he has said and the way that he has behaved? And how do you bring everyone together? I mean, yeah. even even when he was elected, he started trying to say things like this. But then he tweets about the Democrats and their obstruction, right? And it's so divisive, his, his language. But then he... he tries to make statements like this, and it just, you can't have it both ways.
2: Well, we were, we were, it was guaranteed we were gonna have a moment where the seriousness of the office of president would need to be on display, whether it be a terrorist attack, and believe, this was a terror attack. It had all of the the hallmarks of wanting to influence a political agenda through fear and terror.
3: Yeah, it was reported that this person asked, "Are these Democrats or Republicans right. on the field?" Yeah,
2: so don't we, let's call it what it is. It is terror. But we we're, we were we were it was going to happen that we were going to have an instance where the the weight of the office of president would need to to be on display, and we would need to to be consoled by our leader, by our governance, the seriousness of the man who holds the office. And instead we have Donald Trump who cannot be taken seriously, who only hours after giving the statement you just heard goes on a Twitter rant about the obstructionists in the house and the obstruction of justice charge that is being investigated by a special prosecutor and the FBI right now. Mm -hmm. So he's, he, he, he just doesn't have credibility. He doesn't have credibility. And it's a bummer. Because it's times like this in America that we need... We do need to unify. He's just not the person to do it.
3: Yeah, and it's frustrating because... he, I don't know how he can redeem himself at this point. You know? Um, how he can go about... Yeah. Uh, you know, in this new direction... Of trying to unify people, I don't. I don't know how he can do that because there's that's a long road. Well, you
2: have a year and a half of a, a long track record that you can't just erase. Yeah, it would be in it. I mean, it would be have to be. For, also, he's 71 years old
3: mm-hmm. as
2: of yesterday. Yeah. So, the, 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 you know, a, a tiger doesn't change its stripes or a cheetah doesn't change its spots. Well, you know. The blemish that is Donald Trump isn't going to change. He's 71 goddamn years old. He's the oldest man ever elected to the presidency. Yeah. Uh, All right. (laughs) Support for I Doubt It with Dollamore comes from generous, engaged, intelligent, and good-looking listeners like you by way of Patreon. Your support on Patreon for as little as a dollar a month helps keep the show going and move the conversation forward one podcast at a time. If you would like to join the ever-growing family of supporters, please visit patreon.com slash Dollamore. So, another episode and we don't have a Patreon or PayPal supporter to name. Mm-hmm. I'm very disheartened.
3: <laughs> How dare you.
2: So anyway, uh, we do want listen uh, we are working toward that third episode per week which we are eager and and wanting to do. We do have some bonus content in the in the works in the scheduling uh, portion yeah D- in stages. yes <laughs> maybe I should act like I know words. you know I have the best words, Brittany Page. you really do. sometimes they're better than others.
0: Have a very good brain, and I've said a lot of things.
2: So anyway, if you would want to support the show in in a in a monetary fashion, which we we would greatly appreciate, those are the ways to do it. Dollamore.com, left hand side of the page, support the show. There's there's Patreon, there's PayPal, there's Amazon, and we are working on others. Not as we speak, but they're coming around. We love you guys and we appreciate you. facing down pessimistic politics with realistic optimism so last time on the show we talked about this entire loyalty thing that donald trump has the 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 several claims that people have made that donald trump reached out to them to try to secure a personal oath of loyalty to him well, he's denied it. His lawyer has denied it. I played some things on last episode that would point to the fact that he has a history of this obsession with loyalty to him in, 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 in business and even in government. Well, CNN did a little extra work than I was able to... They got their hands on some, some audio that I, I didn't find. And it, again, even just, it just reinforces... And exemplifies who Donald Trump is related to this peculiar fascination with loyalty.
8: You know, some of the people that were most loyal to me are people that I didn't think would be. Some of the people that were least loyal to me are people Uh, that I, I think I would have treated them differently. I think I would have treated different groups differently. I would have... Wiped the floor with the guys that weren't loyal, which I will now do which is great. You know, I love getting even with people, but I will no, Slow I will up wiped.
9: You love getting even?
8: Oh, with absolutely. It. You don't believe you don't believe in the eye for the eye? You do. <laughs> no, I know you well enough. I think you do. But anyway, but But the,
9: tell me, I mean you you're going to get even with some people Yeah, know. if given the
8: opportunity, if given the opportunity, I will get even with some people that were disloyal to me. I mean, I had a group of people that were disloyal.
9: But how do you define disloyalty?
8: Uh, They didn't come to my aid. Well, what did they do? They turned their back on you? No, but they didn't do small things that would have helped. You see, I'm so loyal to people, maybe I'm loyal to a fault, but I'm so loyal to people that when somebody's slightly disloyal to me, I look upon it as a great act of horror.
10: The president also never told Mr. Comey, quote, I need loyalty. I expect loyalty, close quote. He never said it in form, and he never said it in substance.
2: Right. He's only talked about it for years, for decades, how important personal loyalty is to him. And then now, all of a sudden, ah, that's not important. Right. Apparently, a tiger does change its stripes, Brittany. (laughs) Listen to that, though.
8: I'm so loyal to people that when somebody's slightly disloyal to me, I look upon it as a great act of horror.
2: I'm so loyal that when someone is even slightly disloyal to me, I look upon it as a great horror. Horror.
3: I'm sure his ex-wives have a lot of experience with this side of Donald Trump. I mean, that just enormous loyalty. Oh, yeah. He He, he
2: didn't fuck around at all.
3: Just tremendous loyalty.
2: Marriage after marriage after marriage didn't dissolve because of his disloyalty to them. You know what?
3: He is so loyal to Melania (laughs) that all he did was talk about grabbing a pussy. He didn't actually grab a pussy after he got off that bus.
2: Brittany, listen, we've covered this. That was just boys being boys. Locker room talk.
3: Hashtag loyal aid.
2: <laughs> well, this listen. This next clip, and it kind of this kind of goes hand in hand. Donald Trump had a, a meeting, of the first full meeting or the first meeting of his full cabinet, let's say, the other day, and they went around the room in this dick suck fest, this ball juggling fest. We'll make it PG. Brown nose fest. That's G-rated. Yeah. And uh, it was bizarre. And I've, I've taken a few. <laughs> some of them I, I took out because they didn't really, it doesn't go to the narrative that I'm pushing here. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Look at that honesty. Wow. Well,
2: like General Mattis, he just talked about the job. Dan Coates, he didn't go on and on gushing about, thank you for the honor. I, oh, you know, it wasn't uh, it wasn't insane. But it's a three-minute clip here, three minutes and 25 seconds of... Just the opening remark. It was an 11-minute thing. I've taken out three minutes of the of to get my point across. Listen to this.
0: Most of you know most of the people around the room, but I'm going to start with our our vice president. Where is our vice president? Our vice president. There he is. Uh, and I'll maybe start with Mike, and we'll just go around and just you name your position, and then we'll ask these folks to. Uh, Go back and have a good day, and we're going to discuss
11: our various reports. Mike? Thank you, Mr. President. And uh, just the
6: greatest privilege of my life is to serve as as Vice President to a President who's keeping his word to the American people and assembling a team that's bringing real change, real prosperity, real strength back to our nation. Thank you, Mike.
5: Alex? Mr. President, um, my privilege to be here. Uh, deeply honored, and I want to thank you for keeping your commitment to the American workers. Um, this week uh, is a full schedule for you, uh, focusing on the American worker. We're very excited at the Department of Labor.
9: Thank you. Thank you. Mr. President, uh, what an incredible honor it is to, to uh, lead the Department of Health and Human Services at this pivotal time under your leadership. Uh, I can't thank you enough for the the privilege that you've given me and the leadership that you've shown. It seems like there's an international... Mr. President, thank you for the honor to serve the
11: country. It's a great privilege you've given me. Uh, clearly, we are engaged with our...
0: President, thank you for the opportunity to help fix the trade deficit and other things. The other countries are gradually getting used to the fact that the free rides are somewhat over with. I'm not happy with it, but I think they have a growing recognition of it. So I'm thrilled to have a chance to help you move up to your campaign promises. Yeah. thank you very much.
6: Mr. President, last week was a great week. It was Infrastructure Week. Thank you so much for coming over to the Department of Transportation. Uh, hundreds and hundreds of people were just so thrilled uh, hanging out, watching the whole ceremony. I want to thank you for getting this country moving Uh, again, and also working
0: again. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. On
9: behalf of the entire senior staff around you, Mr. President, we thank you for the opportunity and the blessing that you've given us to serve your agenda and the American people, and we're continuing to work very hard every day to accomplish those goals.
12: Mr. President, thank you for your support okay. and commitment to honoring our responsibility to our, to America's veterans. I know that this is personally very important to you. That have done such great things for this country, and I work every day to make sure that we're honoring that responsibility. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mr. President. It's
0: been a great honor to uh, to work with you. Thank you for your strong support of had and for all
5: others around this table that I've worked with. Good morning, Mr. President. Uh, uh, while we're bragging about international travel, I just got back to Mississippi. <laughs> 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 I love you there. <laughs> and uh, I want to congratulate you on the men and women you placed around this table. but the holistic team of working for America is is making results in each and every area. Thank you.
9: Thank you, Mr. President. It was a great honor traveling with you around the country for the last year, and an even greater honor to be here serving in your cabinet. On behalf of everybody at the Treasury, I can assure you we are focused on creating sustained economic growth, sweeping tax reform, and fighting terrorism with sanctions and all of the programs within our control. Thank
0: you. Thank you. Thank you all very much. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you very much.
2: So are you telling me that's a group of adults, professionals, high-powered executives and billionaires in that room who haven't been talked to about loyalty to the president mm-hmm. after that embarrassing display? I I don't know about you. But I don't buy that. That that seems incongruent with every experience I've had as an adult man.
3: Was Rentz Priebus in that clip? Oh yeah,
2: I'm glad you uh I'm glad you mentioned. Reince Priebus.
3: Because he was the most problematic one for me.
2: Thank you. On behalf of the entire senior staff around you, Mr. President, we thank you for the
9: opportunity and the blessing that you've given us to serve your agenda and the American people. And we're continuing to work very hard every day to accomplish those goals.
3: So...
2: (laughs) (laughs) That's like praying to a god.
3: It's... It's pretty unusual, I think. Does this usually happen?
2: No, no. That's um, the reason the media made such a big deal about this is because it is unusual.
3: Yeah, the reaction to this has been disbelief, I think. of if... What
2: these meetings typically, sorry, what these meetings typically, what their goal is, is to go around the room. It's kind of a, we're going to, this is where we are. This is where we're going. We're going to report some good stuff or some bad stuff. It's not thank you for the opportunity to serve you. Thank you for choosing me. Oh, I'm so honored that you saw fit my demigod to bestow upon me the honor of serving at your feet. Mm-hmm. That's fucking weird.
3: Yeah, I, I mean the office of the the presidency is pretty it's held in high esteem, right? Right, sure. But <laughs>
2: as well, it should be. Yeah, and but this is like fealty to the man, not the office of the president. Yeah,
3: especially with Priebus. I I don't know. It it was very. I mean, I am just being repetitive here because well, I'm so
2: confused. The all reports coming out of the White House are that Reince Priebus gets treated like a fucking dog. He gets shat upon constantly by Donald Trump. He's always virtually ready to be fired almost ready to be shit canned and this is how he grovels thank you lord for this blessing to serve your agenda <laughs> thank you for the blessing of being able to try to implement the stripping away of health insurance to over
3: 23
2: million americans Thank you, Donald Trump. Maybe, oh. maybe
3: he's just in a tight spot and really needs the job. <laughs> right?
2: Former chairman of the Republican National Committee, Reince Priebus. Ugh. Anyway, let's move on. Let's move on. Goddamn. <laughs> so Jeff Sessions, that's the thing I want to get to. Jeff Sessions testified before the Senate... Intelligence Committee the other day Mm -hmm. in the wake of James Comey's testimony. A lot of questions were asked. They went around. I'm going to play the segments from Senator Wyden from Oregon and Heinrich and Kamala Harris here in California. Angus King, my new fucking favorite guy in the entire world. And of course, the indomitable Republican, Tom Cotton. The walking broomstick, <laughs> Tom Cotton from Arkansas, who is just fucking magoo. Just I, a gutter.
3: I know that Jeff Sessions did not drive himself to the location.
2: <laughs> There's not enough phone books in the world to stack on the seat for him to be able to reach the...
3: Uh, not just that. He... I I'm surprised he can remember anything about oh, what he's doing or where he's going or where he lives.
2: Well we took it in two different directions there, Brittany Page. He
3: I he cannot recall. Yeah,
2: he's having a, a lot hard of time things. remembering stuff.
3: Yeah, a lot of things he cannot recall.
2: He it is weird for me. He's the Attorney General of the United States. You'd think he'd know more about legal stuff, being the Attorney General.
3: Yeah, or working in this field for his whole life. Uh, apparently,
2: uh, he can't recall that either.
3: <laughs> I guess.
2: It, it is weird. I wish, because every time I hear his voice, seriously. I say, I say, I say. It's, he's, <laughs> he's, he's, he's he's the living embodiment of that rooster, that, that uh, Warner Brothers cartoon rooster.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: What, what's it Foghorn Leghorn. Wow, that—that's his name. You really just—that was a good poll.
3: You didn't know it, and then you remembered it, and what? that was—that's the real name.
2: Yeah, it is Foghorn Leghorn. I'm not going
3: it. to challenge you because you did the exact impression of, of, Dino. of Dino from The Flintstones.
2: <laughs> you were bummed on playback. I by was the way.
3: extremely bummed, bummed out.
2: on playback. Yeah. So let's get to Senator Ron Wyden, who is a longtime senator from Oregon. He actually worked; <laughs> he was a senator there when I worked on for the Senate. And uh, he right away gets under Sessions' skin or in his craw, as I'm sure Sessions would say.
6: Last Thursday, I asked former Director Comey about the FBI's interactions with you, uh, General Sessions, prior to your stepping aside from the Russian investigation. Mr. Comey said that your continued engagement with the Russian investigation was, quote, problematic. And he, Mr. Comey, could not discuss it in public. Mr. Comey also said that FBI personnel had been calling for you to step aside from the investigation at least two weeks before you finally did so. Now, in your prepared statement, you stated you received only, quote, limited information necessary to inform your recusal decision. But given Director Comey's statement, We need to know what that was. Were you aware of any concerns at the FBI or elsewhere in government about your contacts with the Russians or any other matters relevant to whether you should step aside from the Russian investigation?
10: Senator Wyden, I uh, am not stonewalling. I am following the historic policies of the Department of Justice. You don't walk into any hearing or committee meeting and re- reveal confidential communications with the president of the United States who's entitled to receive uh, confidential communications in your best judgment about a host of issues uh, uh, and, and have to be accused of stonewalling for not answering them. So I, I, I would push back on that.
2: Secondly, uh, before he gets to secondly... You're going to notice a pattern here. Each of these clips is eh, roughly three minutes, maybe a little bit more. Kamala Harris's is longer because I want to give you the flavor about the shit that we're going to talk about related to that. But each senator only has five minutes. And he is gobbling up their time with his slow-talking Southern thing. Well, let Senator Wyden, I say, I say, I say, I say. He's doing this thing where he knows he was a senator for a long time. He knows what's going on here. He knows how to how to manipulate and use the time and abuse his time to not answer questions. Because they only have each, the chairman and the ranking member, who is the vice chairman, they each have 10 minutes and then each member of the committee has five minutes. So he's... He's objecting. I, I'm not stone rolling, sir. How dare you? We're going to duel. It Just just answer the fucking question, dude.
3: Well, and people need to keep this in mind that it is timed.
2: Oh, yeah. And, and it's strict.
3: Yeah. And it's the time includes his responses. And they know that. That's right. Everyone in the room knows what's going on. So he is playing a game, right? And he knows which which individuals are going to be more friendly to him. And which are going to be more adversarial. Yeah. And he can respond in a way that (laughs) encourages, you know, more of the friendly interactions from people who aren't really going to challenge him. And then respond in a way that reduces the number of challenges he receives from those people who are going to challenge him.
2: And here, he's starting here with this, this, this deal about not being able to talk about or refusing. It's not a not being able to. Choosing not to answer questions because of his, quote unquote, protection of the president's First Amendment rights. That's, if you have a conversation with someone, if Brittany and I are talking, and someone asks me about the conversation we had, and I reveal details, I'm not violating her First Amendment rights. And the same thing could be said for the president. If the president didn't want Jeff Sessions to talk, he has a legal avenue to do so. It's called executive privilege. And he hasn't declared executive privilege in this case. So Jeff Sessions wants it both ways. He wants, I'm not gonna talk about this because the the, the president may invoke executive privilege. Well, listen, Dick, you knew you were coming here. You should have gone to the president and said, hey, listen, I'm gonna be answering questions. Are you going to invoke executive privilege? At that point, the president can say, No, I'm not, which frees you to answer the questions. The fact that he hasn't is not a reason to not answer. If he had, that is a reason. To not answer.
3: It's also, is he not taking this seriously? I mean, did he stay up all night, like, playing Xbox with Donald Trump, and they were talking to each other on the headphones? I say, I
2: say, I say, this is a good game, y'all. <laughs> and, didn't,
3: and didn't talk about the upcoming hearing, right?
2: It, it's inexplicable, his behavior. He had his to have prepared. His lack of preparation, yeah.
3: But it seems like he didn't, in a way. It, well,
2: I think they prepared for... They prepared him to try to artfully dodge the questions. Didn't work. Rather than on substantive issues that could have illuminated the questions being answered. Asked. Right. Mr.
10: Comey, perhaps he didn't know, but I basically recused myself the day... The first day I got into the office because I never accessed files. I never learned the names of investigators. I never met with them. I never asked for any documentation. The documentation, what little I received, was mostly already in the media and was presented by the senior ethics public responsibility.
2: Did you hear what he said? I never did this. I never did that. I never got information. I never. And then he says, well, what little information I did receive. Well, you just said you never, 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 you little Keebler freak. You just said that. And now you're, well, what little I received. Never and what little do not jive. Both a
10: professional responsibility (laughs) attorney in the department. Uh, And I made a honest and proper uh, decision to recuse myself, as I told Senator Feinstein and the members of the committee I would do uh, when they confirmed me. General Sessions...
6: Respectfully, you're not answering the question. Well, what is the question? The question (laughs) is, Mr. Comey said that there were matters with respect to the recusal that were problematic, and he couldn't talk about them. What are they? Uh,
10: Why don't you tell me? There are none, Senator Wyden. There are none. I can tell you that for absolute certainty. We can we You can, tell this is a secret innuendo being leaked out there about me, and I don't appreciate it, and I've tried to give my best and truthful answers to any committee I've appeared before, and it's really uh, 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 people are suggesting through innuendo uh, that I have been not honest about matters, and I've tried to be honest.
3: Ooh. <laughs> you know, anger really distracts people.
2: That's right, yeah. Yeah. That is exactly what he was doing there. I say, I say, I, we're gonna duel at <laughs> noon time, so, Senator Wyden.
3: W- wait, though, he said something really important there at the end, which I I try my best. Right. Um, shouldn't you be doing more than trying your best? Shouldn't you just be doing it? Doing it, right. giving the best answers. Yes. Being truthful, yeah. not trying your best but just being truthful, giving the answers.
2: Well, listen, the hearing moved on and they really got into this, why are you not answering our questions and why hasn't the, and and because you're not, we want to know about the executive privilege angle here. And this is where it started getting a little bit in the weeds, but it's important to talk about because he is being disingenuous. He is defying a committee that has legal oversight on matters such as this.
11: Attorney General Sessions, has the president ever expressed his frustration to you regarding your decision to recuse
10: yourself? Uh, Senator Heinrich, I'm not um, able to share uh, with this committee private communications. Because you're invoking
11: executive privilege.
10: I'm not able to invoke executive privilege. That's the president's uh, prerogative.
11: Well, my understanding is that you took an oath... You raised your right hand here today, and you said that you would solemnly swear to tell the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. And now you're not answering questions. You're impeding this investigation. So my understanding of the legal standard is that you either answer the question. That's the best outcome. You say, this is classified. Can't answer it here. I'll answer it in closed session. That's bucket number two. Bucket number three is to say I'm invoking executive privilege. There is no appropriateness bucket. It is not a legal standard. Can you tell me what are these longstanding DOJ rules that protect conversations made in the executive without invoking executive privilege?
10: Senator, I'm protecting the president's constitutional right by not uh, giving um, it away before he has a chance uh, to You're having view a full it, and way. secondly, I am telling the truth in answering your question in saying it's a long-standing uh, policy of the Department of Justice. Are those policies written even, uh, and to make sure the president has full opportunity uh, to uh, decide these issues?
11: Can you share those policies with us? Are well, they written
10: down at the Department of Justice? I believe they are. Uh, This is the appropriateness
11: legal standard for not
2: answering congressional inquiries. He believes these these long-standing policies that are so followed that he's disabusing himself of the obligation to answer the questions of an oversight committee. And they're so long standing that he's not even sure if they're written down. He's following policies that he he if this is legitimate, he could have said, Oh yeah, I brought them with me.
8: Mm-hmm.
2: Here, here's a giant binder filled with DOJ, Justice Department official policies. Here you go. Instead, it's oh uh I say I say I say. Yeah. I'm not sure. It it doesn't wash. He is impeding the investigation by refusing to answer questions because of some, like Heinrich is saying there, the appropriate. It's not appropriate. When last week, when Admiral Rogers says, I don't feel like it's appropriate, and Jesse Dollimore's new hero, Angus King, said, well, it doesn't matter what you feel here. Your feelings don't matter to the United States Senate, U- the Intelligence Committee. Right. Guy.
3: Well, there should be a factual basis on which you are refusing to answer this question. And again, this this is the preparation issue. He's old enough to know that he should have been prepared for this and have an answer to this question that they were going to ask this.
2: He's also the Attorney General of the United States. He didn't just graduate law school, folks.
3: Yeah, the, the excuse for him cannot be well. He's new to this,
2: right? <laughs> right. He has a, a level of expertise. I mean, he's he was a U.S. attorney. He come on. Uh, anyway, Heinrich continues.
10: It's the judge. My judgment that it would be inappropriate for me uh, to answer and pr- reveal private conversations with the president. Uh, when uh, he has not uh, had a full opportunity to review the questions and to make a decision on whether or not to uh, uh, approve such an answer, one. There are also other privileges that could be invoked. One of the things deals with uh, Cam, uh, the investigation of the special counsel. As other, we're not ans- asking well, questions
11: just- about that inv- investigation. If I wanted to ask questions about that investigation... I'd, I'd ask those of Rod Rosenstein. I'm asking about your personal knowledge from this committee, which has a constitutional obligation to get to the bottom of this. There are two investigations here. There is a special counsel investigation. There is also a congressional investigation. And you are obstructing that congressional delegation, uh, investigation by not answering these questions. And I think your silence, like the silence of Director Coates, like the silence of Admiral Rogers, speaks volumes.
2: And that wasn't even the harshest set of questions for him. Again, we've talked about the the timing issue, that each senator has a certain amount of time, a finite amount of time, five minutes, that includes, that encompasses both the questions and the answers given. So Wyden had his back and forth, a lot of interrupting, a lot of, uh, you know, interchange. Heinrich, the same thing. Well, when time came for Kamala Harris, who is our senator here in California, to ask questions, the same one who was shut down in this same committee about a week ago. Yeah. For not being, quote unquote, courteous. (laughs) When... She's asking the same kinds of questions with the same ferocity or lack thereof as her male counterparts and gets swatted down like so often is the case these days. Well, here is the bulk of of the question and answers from from he and she. And I I want you to listen because she is I wouldn't even say super aggressive. Mm -hmm. She is just focused. She has to get to the point she wants to make. She wants to get to the answers uh, and the questions that she's going to ask.
3: Well, she also doesn't have time to
7: deal with him being evasive.
2: I say, I say, I say, young lady. Mm
7: -hmm. No time. Uh, Attorney General Sessions, you have um, several times this afternoon uh, prefaced your responses by saying, um, to the best of your recollection, uh, just on the first page of your three pages of written testimony, you wrote, nor do I recall, do not have recollection, do not remember it. So my question is for any of your testimony today, did you refresh your memory with any written documents, be they your calendar, written correspondence, emails, notes of any sort
10: i I attempted to refresh my recollection, but so much of this is um in a in a wholesale. Campaign of extraordinary nature uh, uh, that you're moving so fast that you don't keep notes. You meet people. I didn't keep notes of uh my conversation with the Russian ambassador at the Sir, Republican I'd like Convention. To just talk about well, what you, you did. You know, notes. I'm just saying I didn't keep notes on most of these things, and there's Will nothing you provide for me.
7: This committee with the notes that you did maintain.
10: As appropriate, I will supply the committee with documents.
7: Can you please tell me what you mean when you say appropriate? I would
10: have to consult with uh, um, lawyers in the department who um, know the proper procedure uh, to, before disclosing documents that are held within the Department of Justice, Attorney and I'm General not Sessions. able to make that opinion today.
7: Sir, I'm sure you prepared for this hearing today, and most of the questions that have been presented to you were uh, predictable. So my question to you is, did you then review with the lawyers of your department, if you as the top lawyer are unaware, what the law is regarding what you can share with us and what you cannot share with us, what is privileged and what is not privileged?
10: We discussed the uh, basic uh, parameters of testimony. I frankly have not discussed documentary uh, disclosure rules.
7: Will you make a commitment to this committee that you will share any written correspondence, be they your calendars? records, notes, emails, or anything that has been reduced at any point in time in writing I will, uh, to this committee where legally um, you actually have an obligation to do so?
10: I'll commit to reviewing the uh, rules of the department and as uh, and when uh, that issue is raised to respond appropriately.
7: Did you have any communications with Russian officials uh, for any reason during the campaign that have not been disclosed? Uh, in public or to this committee?
10: Uh, I don't recall it, uh, but I have to tell you, uh, I cannot testify to what was uh, said as we were standing at the Republican convention before the podium where I spoke. My
7: my just, question uh, is only uh, as it relates to Don't have the detailed
2: memory knowledge. of that.
7: Okay, as it I'm relates to your knowledge.
2: You. Do you hear what he just said? Have, she says, has have, have there been any other meetings between you and Russian government officials or, or any Russian uh, dealings? And he goes, well, I, I can't testify to what happened when I was given a speech before the Republican National Convention. No one's asking you what happened in a crowd of thousands while you spoke. That, that is the answer of a liar, of someone who is trying to, to derail the questioning to derail it, effectively the investigation i i can't testify to what happened that's not a serious answer did you have mind?
7: any communication with any russian businessmen or any russian nationals
10: i don't believe i had any conversation with Russian businessmen or Russian nationals, are you aware of, Although of communications? Although a lot of people were at the convention, it's conceivable that somebody sir, sir, came I up to me. Sir, I
7: have just a few. Well, you business. let
10: me qualify it. I, I, if you, okay. if I don't qualify it, you'll accuse me of lying. So I need to be correct as best I can. I do want you to be honest. And I'm not able to uh, be rushed this fast. It makes me nervous.
3: Are you? So it, it seems strange <laughs> that um, someone would need to think about the truth. Or again, think about something that they know they're going to be asked about, that they should have prepared for how to respond. That is right. So, this complaint about rushing and feeling nervous, that says more.
2: (laughs) Nervous, though? Come come on. He's he's not fucking nervous. He was a, a United States Senator for many, many years, spanning multiple decades. He was a US attorney who's argued cases before high power judges and juries he is now the sitting attorney general for the united states of america under which his, is the fbi is under his purview the entire department of justice he leads and kamala harris is making him nervous He's either lying or he's not fit to be attorney general.
3: You think he's trying to uh, play with the play off the voice and the old man <laughs> and the making him nervous? Yeah,
2: I don't know. Get sympathy I, I, well, or something? I think he's trying to t- turn the tables to make her, her seem like some kind of a harpy mm-hmm. because she's a woman.
3: Mm-hmm.
7: Are you aware of any communications with other Trump campaign officials and associates uh, that they had with Russian officials or any uh, Russian nationals?
10: I don't recall that.
7: And uh, are you aware of At any- this moment. Are you aware of any communications uh, with any Trump officials, or did you have any communications with any officials about uh, Russia or Russian interests in the United States before January 20th?
10: No, I may have had some conversations, uh, and I think I did, uh, with the general strategic concept of the possibility of whether or not Russia and the United States could get on a more harmonious relationship.
2: Are you hearing him delay here? Yeah. We had, uh, well, I talked about the general conversations of the, Basic, harmonious relationship between the the Russians and the United States, y'all. Oh, well, you just wasted 10 minutes, Dick. Awesome. And move
10: off the hostility. Uh, The Soviet Union did, in fact, collapse. Uh, It's really a tragic strategic event that we're not able to get along before, better than before we are being today. sworn
7: in as attorney general how did you typically communicate with then candidate or president-elect Trump?
10: would you repeat that
7: before you were sworn in as attorney general how did you typically communicate with then candidate or president-elect Trump? Um, did I,
10: did uh, I did not submit uh, memoranda I did not make formal presentations
7: did you ever communicate with him in writing? I don't believe so. And um, you referred to a longstanding DOJ policy. Um, Can you tell us what policy it is you're talking about?
10: Well, I think most cabinet people, as the witnesses uh, you had before you earlier, those individuals uh, declined to comment because we're all about conversations with the president. Sir, I'm just asking you about the DOJ policy
7: you referred to. Policy
10: that goes beyond just the attorney general. Is
7: that policy in writing somewhere?
10: Uh, I. I think so.
7: So did you not consult it before you came before this committee, knowing we would ask you questions about it? Well, that?
10: We, we talked about it. The, the policy is did based... Did you ask that
7: it would be shown to you?
10: The policy is based on the principle that the president... Sir, uh, I'm
7: not asking about the principal. I'm asking when well, you, I did, able you would be to asked the these question. questions and you would rely on that policy. Chairman, did you not ask your staff to show you the policy that would be the basis for you refusing to answer the Chairman, majority of questions that have been be asked should be allowed
0: to answer the question.
1: Senators will allow the chair <laughs> to control the hearing. Senator Harris, let him answer. The
7: Please do. Uh, Thank you.
10: We talked about it, uh, and we talked about... The real principle that's at
2: And then stage. he rambles on for another forty five seconds and then her time expires.
3: And that was John McCain, by the way.
2: Who interrupted. Yeah. Who acts like he's the chairman. And good for Richard Burr mm-hmm. for saying, hey, the senators will let the chair control the hearing. <laughs> you shut the fuck up from the peanut gallery. <laughs> but there's something very stark here that happens. She's asking specifically about the the Justice Department policy. That he claims exists. And his answer is. Well you know all these other cabinet members. That come and testify. No Dick. We're not asking about the other cabinet members. Because Admiral Rogers. Doesn't work within the. The infrastructure. Or the, the or, or generally. The Department of Justice.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Uh, Dan Coates. The Director of the. Uh, Defense Intelligence Agency. He doesn't work within the purview and wouldn't be under the influence of of this imaginary policy that you're talking about. So you don't need to talk about other cabinet members. We're talking specifically about your, this policy you're talking about within the Department of Justice. And he acts all offended. I say, young lady, you're not being very kind. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, unbelievable. So we're running late here. The show's just going to be a little longer. I'm going to get to Angus King because Angus King really just shoved it right in his ass with a few... Just, he button hooked him. And it really does show that that Sessions was unprepared. Sessions is... un—he's. This is not a guy I would want defending me if I was in need of a lawyer. I wouldn't want... Jeff Sessions' representation.
9: Mr. Attorney General, thank you for joining us today. I respect thank your you. willingness to be here. You, you testified a few minutes ago, I'm not able to invoke executive privilege. That's up to the president. Has the president invoked executive privilege in the case of your testimony here today? He has not. Then what is the basis of your refusal to answer these questions? Senator Kane, the president has a constitutional... I understand uh, that, I'm, but the president hasn't asserted it. Well, I'll you said you don't have the power to assert the power of executive privilege. So, what is the legal basis for your refusal to answer these questions? I am protecting the
10: right of the president to exert it. I'll assert it if he chooses, and there may be other privileges that could apply in this circumstance.
9: Well, I don't. I don't understand how you can have it both ways. The president can't not assert it, and you're, you've, you've testified that only the president can assert it. And yet, I, I just don't understand the legal basis for your for your refusal to answer. Well, what we try to do, I think most cabinet officials,
10: others that you questioned recently, um, officials uh, before the committee, uh, protect the president's right to do so. If it comes to a point where uh, the issue is clear and there's a dispute about it, uh, at some point, uh, the president will either assert the privilege or not, or some other uh, privilege can be would be asserted, but uh, at this point, I believe it's premature uh, for You're me to, privilege uh, to the president. Uh, You've deny it be premature for me to deny the president a full and intelligent uh, choice about executive privilege. That's not uh, you,
9: you, necessary you, at this you, point. You testified a few minutes ago that quote We were asked for our opinion. Who asked for your opinion? You mean Said we were? You testified we were asked for our opinion. You my were, understanding is.
10: I believe I'm correct in saying the president uh, has said so
9: uh, that so I, he didn't I, ask you directly.
10: I thought you were asking about the privilege. So no, no, I'm sorry. You want sorry. to go back to? I'm the, saying
9: uh, you, uh, you said, "quote We were asked for our opinion. You, you and Mr. Rosenstein." I believe that was appropriate for me to say that because I think the president. No, I'm just that, asking you. I'm just who saying asked why, you for your opinion.
10: Yeah, who asked you for yes, your opinion?
9: Yes, right.
2: The president asked for our opinion. You see what he's getting at here? They were talking about drafting the memo that led to Comey's firing. And Jeff Sessions says, We were asked, Rod Rosenstein and I were asked by the president for our opinion. Well, if he can't talk about conversations he's had with the president, then how the fuck is he testifying about a conversation? Between he and the president where the president asked him to draft a memo. Mm-hmm. So he it is having his cake and eating it too. I can talk about the things that are beneficial about conversations, but oh no, sorry, I can't talk about that. The president, that's no, the president has his rights to blah, blah, blah. So you
9: just testified as to the content of a communication to that the president. That is
10: correct, but I believe he's already revealed that. I, I believe I'm correct in saying that. That's why I indicated that when I answered that question. But uh, uh, if he hasn't, and I'm
9: in error, so you I would se- have
10: uh, uh, constricted his constitutional right of privilege. Th- so you're you're being, correct.
9: you're being selective about the use of No, I'm not intentionally. I'm
10: doing so only because I believe he made that.
9: In, in any of your discussions with the president about, about the firing of James Comey, did the question of the Russian investigation ever come up?
10: I cannot answer that because it was a a communication by the president, or if any such occurred, it would be a communication that he has not waived.
2: All right. Now, that little part, and that's going to be, I'm not going to get to the Tom Cotton stuff, but that little part right there is very telling. I can't talk about that because that was. He just asked, was there any, any conversation between you when you were talking about the Comey thing that dealt with the Russia investigation? And he says, I can't talk about that because that was, uh, if it were to have happened, blah, 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 blah. Right. He admitted it happened and then had to backtrack because he's a terrible lawyer. <laughs> and say, oh, well, if it did happen, I wouldn't be able to talk about it. Anyway, what I was going to get to with Tom Cotton is that he asserts, have you ever heard of a a, a crazier uh, scenario where a senator and people collude with the government in open, blah, 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 kind of asserting that the reason it didn't happen is because it's too fantastical. Well, that's come on. Just because the crime wasn't committed artfully doesn't mean it didn't happen. Donald Trump has shown time and time and time again that he's not very smart about his communications and keeping things quiet. So it seems very plausible to me that it's just a bumbled mess the entire way through. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to skip into the Tom Cotton thing because I want to get to what happened on CNN. Yes. Where Jason Miller... The human bowling ball, Jason Miller,
3: He bowling is, ball with the
2: goatee, Brittany Page.
3: He is a Donald Trump supporter.
2: <laughs> he is. He was the former communications director for the campaign and wasn't able to take a, a position within the, the administration because he was banging some staffer and he was going to be end up working with her and his wife. Not really pleased about that.
3: And I bet it was because Donald Trump doesn't like disloyal people. That's right. You know, he has a real problem with that. So
2: anyway, he was discussing the testimony of the day and had this to say about the Kamala Harris portion. Anderson, let's take a step back for a second. I mean, coming into today, really, there were two things, two uh,
12: potential outcomes. Number one, they would kill General Sessions there in that hearing. They'd knock him down politically and he wouldn't make it out. Or... He would still be standing at the end. And I think across the board, he is still standing. In fact, I think he came out with a surprising amount of vinegar and uh, and fire in his belly today with uh, some of his answers. He knocked away some of the hysteria from Kamala Harris and some of the Democrats who wanted to make this a big partisan show.
3: Hysteria. Yeah. Now, let's just look at the definition of hysterical. Yeah, let's okay. do. You have it? Affected by uncontrolled extreme emotion. Synonyms. Wow. Overwrought. Over-emotional, out-of-control, frenzied, frantic, wild, feverish, crazed.
2: None of that describes the behavior or performance of Kamala Harris.
3: She was out-of-control.
2: Fevered. (laughs) Emotional.
3: She was not emotional in the slightest. She was calm. She never raised her voice. Remember, we played that clip of Jeff Jeff Sessions raising his voice and getting emotional. That was probably the most hysterical moment
2: And it came from Jeff Sessions. Of
3: the entire...
2: I say, I say, I say. Uh, When's that not going to be funny for me?
3: I'm not sure. (laughs) That is a great question.
2: Well, listen, Brittany Page wasn't the only one who was outraged by that portion. Kristen Powers... Hysterical about it. Kristen Powers was on the the panel, and she doubled back because she wanted to talk about it.
6: I mean, it's just such an easy question to have answered. Uh, I don't know. I mean, clearly... Nobody wants He's to ask the position, president, or right? they have asked and haven't got an answer, right. or they, I, I just, don't know yeah, what. It,
4: I, I think that's a question they probably don't want the answer to, especially the attorney general. But can I just go back to something that Jason said? How was Senator Harris hysterical? I, I don't really understand that. I mean, was she was asking some this is tough a questions. Year
12: in a row with completely partisan screed.
4: But how is that hysterical? Um, I don't. It was
12: know. Uh, from my perspective, my. I would say, objective uh, perspective. I mean, it was. It, it didn't seem like there was any uh, effort to try to get to a real question or get to the bottom of it. I think she things. asked a lot, lot of questions, purely, actually. Purely she was very dogged. There's down. no question.
4: But I uh, wouldn't say she was any more dogged than Ron Wyden was. Would you? Would you say that? Uh,
12: look, I, I have my opinion on that. I think she was hysterical. I don't think that uh, Senator Wyden uh, was really trying to get to the, the bottom of answers either. I think he was trying but to But he wasn't to hysterical. A, and she wasn't. Okay,
4: I just wanted to clear that up.
12: Um, <laughs> so, uh, no, she was trying Got to down, uh, Attorney General Sessions, and I thought it was way out of bounds. This is second hearing in a row. She didn't. She uh, didn't Sunday shout,
4: before. actually. But even if she did, I'm just saying they, they both were asking a lot of tough questions. I think calling her hysterical is probably hysteria a little
1: is a neutral quality thing to say. Jeffrey Lord. So what's that? Uh, hysteria is a quality. And yet quality. it's
4: just women that usually are called hysterical. But I just, I just think that she was asking... Being hysterical. Yes, I'm hysterical <laughs> right now, for example. But no, but I think she was asking um, a lot of questions, and he wasn't being very forthcoming. And I think there was a lot of frustration on the part of a lot of the senators there. And that wasn't all Democrats who were frustrated. So Senator in your McCain opinion, was, she was
12: making a legitimate effort to try to get uh, answers to questions and to hear what the Attorney yeah, General was saying. I think saying. she was. You
4: might not like and, the questions she was asking, but... Yeah, and, and
12: you, you didn't view it as her talking over the top of him uh, or trying. I to think he
4: was talking over her, and she right, right was right past trying past to, to make her, and make her questions. I don't think it was any more than any other senator was doing. Like I said, I think that Senator Wyden's was by far the most
3: aggressive of the questioning, Hysterical. and there's nothing wrong with that. Again, so you don't think that he that she was talking over him? Okay, there's a there's an amount of time that they have. Yeah. to get the answers that they need, and they're both a couple of
2: adults.
3: They're both attorneys. Right. Right?
2: She was the attorney general of the state of California, the country's most populous state.
3: They're used to these kinds of interactions. Yeah. They shouldn't be afraid of debate.
2: That's why it's called an argument
3: in the law. (laughs) They shouldn't be afraid of this. Does Jeff Sessions really need to be protected? Also, the question
2: she was asking were absolutely legitimate and they didn't get answered. No. Where is the policy, the written policy? If you prepared for today's testimony, why didn't you bring the policy along with you? You knew what types of questions we were going to ask. Why did you not refresh your recollection? Attorney General Sessions. Ugh.
5: Ah!
2: It drives me crazy. And I'm not even some rabid feminist. It's just, it's equality. And when women constantly get called hysterical, it's, it is, it's it's still trying to control through shame and words. Jason Miller, dickface. Anyway, we're going to leave you there. We love you guys. We appreciate you. There is all kinds of stuff we didn't get to. Donald Trump is officially... Under investigation now.
3: According to a leak.
2: There is also a report about his real estate sales that is very telling. That we're going to get to um, on episode 313. And goddamn, it really needs to be looked into. Because the numbers are way out of whack relative to the the type of sale of, of his real estate since he's been elected. But well, we'll get to it then. I don't know. That's probably the worst teaser in the history of teasers, but that's what it is. Listen, if you'd like to communicate with the show, 657-464-7609. Of course, you can always email a voicemail from your smartphone to I doubt it at Thank you for joining us twice a week or as often as you do. If you'd like that number to be three times a week, Go to dollamore.com, and on the left-hand side of the page, there's a link that says support the show. We would love to have you join our Patreon and PayPal family of supporters to help the show monetarily to get us to a place where we can do a third episode a week. Thank you. We love you. And until next time, for Brittany Page, I am Jesse Dolamore, and I say, I say, I say, this has been I Doubtful.